world where laughter was king on the edge of space. Get together, have a few laughs. Bastards of the universe! <laughs> this makes us sound like an, an actual news broadcast. It really does. Ladies and gentlemen, Eyewitness News. <laughs> Welcome to the Cinemasters Masters of the Universe. I am one of your hosts, the host on the left, Ron Avis, the Rental King. And I'm your host to the north, Adam Peterson. But don't worry, folks, because I still I'm still drinking. I and you know And I, I still know things. Yeah, you still know things. I, I've had a few I have had a little bit of bourbon. I've had uh, and right now I'm I'm enjoying a Michelob Ultra. <laughs> That sounds fancy. It, it is. It's it's got the aluminum, um, the aluminum bottle. I think it's. I think it has fewer carbs than most other beers of its. Uh, I don't care. See, that's health conscious. It, that's why I drink it. <laughs> See, I don't drink tomato juice or grapefruit. Wellness. Juice. Just just beer with fewer carbs. Um, Wellness beer. Yeah, but in case you know you you listen to that intro music and you're like, "What is that?" We'll we'll get to what this episode's all about. Uh, potentially a, a, a new a new like uh, I don't know if you'd call it a coming attraction, but just something we can fit in because there's you know news happening. It's a thing. It's a, this is a different kind of time. Mm-hmm. We don't have uh, we we don't have the same type of news happening, but we can supplement our movies that we're looking forward to with some of this uh, COVID nineteen related stuff. COVID nineteen. Yes, uh, but first a little house cleaning. Uh, in case you didn't know, we have brand new news feed for the Cinemasters of the Universe. You can always just pull us up in whatever audio uh, audio podcast application you you choose to use. Just do a search for Cinemasters of the Universe. Uh, you'll see the cartoon versions of Adam and myself, along with other set of masters. You can just open that up, subscribe, and while you're at it, why don't you just leave us a nice five star review with some, like a you know some a review with sweet superlatives, letting us know yes. how great we are, reaffirming what Adam and I already believe that we're like the numero uno movie related podcast on the internet. We really are. In case people like. There, I know there. Are, I, I mean, I, I say I know. I'm pretty sure there are other movie podcasts out there. I've not investigated. I haven't um, checked. I haven't checked. I think we're the only ones. We amongst only ones. what I believe could be a population of movie related podcasts, we are just top notch. There are two to three thousand true crime podcasts out there, but only maybe one or two movie related podcasts. Yeah, and we're one we, of those. And somehow and, we're not ranked in the top 100, so I... <laughs> which just seems... I mean, honestly, it's preposterous. The math doesn't really check out. No, but. it doesn't. And I've done the math on a calculator <laughs> and also on paper with on a pencil. On an abacus. Yep, I used an actual school. abacus. Mm-hmm. Went I've on seen, Amazon and bought one. I've seen that abacus. You can play Doom on it. It's pretty impressive. You can. It's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but other things that you may or may not have known, we actually have a website that you can check out. It's the... Cinemasters of the universe.com. We are a dot com, which makes us legit. Yeah. And from that, we're webpage, not an org. No, we're not no, no. Org. We didn't, no, no geo cities. No, we're not, org. we're not a net. We're, we're not, not a dot net. No, not angel fire or a dot edu. No, no, this isn't we, a learning institution. Absolutely not. 
we we promise you you will not learn a thing while no. listening to the Cinemasters of the Universe. We don't teach here. Guaranteed to make you dumber. We may impart wisdom, but we don't teach. <laughs> no, we wouldn't teach. We would never do that. I'm not qualified. Nor am I. And so you can check us out there where you can not only get our latest podcasts that we update, uh, but you can also catch feature articles written by Adam Peterson, Nighthawk himself. He, I do like to write a few things here and there. Yep, and I, I'm Keep super happy to have. I'm super happy that we have that space for you to to, um, you know, cultivate your 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 written talents. You're you're an excellent writer, and I'm so happy that you are out there dropping uh, one to two articles a week. Uh, the staff picks is a one that I actually enjoy. You you kind of let me get on on the action. I just kind of send you some movies that I enjoy. I, I like it. Yeah, and you you just sort of flesh out the article, and then I go back behind you, and and I'll just put a few pictures up there. You bring it to life. <laughs> I give it some. I, I'll give it some bones, and you breathe life into it. I like to think of myself like pictures. I like to think of myself as a fluffer. I just come in there and fluff the article. That's a good way, <laughs> especially because we work at a marshmallow factory. That that really tracks. I think it's a it's a it's a very vivid visual that you, you think of in that way. I fluff Adam's articles. His words. Like if we were a sandwich, that would make us like a fluffer nutter sandwich. Like if you were the fluffer and I was the nutter, that would make a lot of sense. That's exactly the type of marshmallow fluffing that and I was peanut butter. To. I don't know yeah. what other type of fluffing there would be. I I couldn't even imagine what that there would be a secondary definition for that. <laughs> Seems like a a solo definition exactly. for fluffer. Exactly. All wholesome fluffer. Just rated G. <laughs> That's what we are. We're a rated G podcast with occasional profanity. With occasional profanity, right? <laughs> but otherwise, with the occasional completely rated bomb. G. I, I can't be held responsible for the words that no. fall out of my mouth um, after I've had delicious podcast bourbon. We're all adults here. Yeah, We're we adults. Mm-hmm. Even if there are children here, they're legally adults. It's an it's a binding uh, audio contract we have with anyone that's listening. You're automatically an adult. It's totally safe for children. We're just a couple yes. of adults riding around in a van. Just a couple of white broads riding around in a van. <laughs> Sucking down Cosmopolitans and, 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 and distributing candy. Suckers. I don't know. Things yeah. you put in your mouth and suck. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So going back to where I started from in the beginning, this this is a um, what we would consider a state of the Cinemasters. Uh, just news that's happening. We And I, you know, I thought, well, like, we, I don't want to do like a, I don't want to, I don't want like this to to encroach on other episodes because it could go long. In fact, it could go yes. long enough to be its own episode. And it could. If it does, that's fine. If not, then so be it. It's totally fine. It's just, but this is just a few minutes for us to to scour the internet. You and I, we you know, we subscribe to similar feeds, and we know, yes. we, we you know, like I'll ask you, did you hear this news? And you're usually like, yeah, I read that earlier this morning. You're always ahead of me. We we follow well. No, there's there's. Uh, I think you. Um, one of the one of the things we're going to talk about uh, a little later. I'll, I'll tease mm. the uh, the Taika bit. Yeah. I think I think I I may have seen a blip of that, but I I I think you were you kind of uh, you piqued my interest and and I had to go back and and do some more digging. I think you were you were ahead of the curve on that one. For oh, me. did so I break I think, that? Did I break that I think, just a bit? I think, Officially yeah, breaking I think that. Okay. I think there's I think there's a good amount of give and take. 
Absolutely. But we're, we're in the know. That's the, that, that's our job. We're well, supposed to be in the know. We're cinemasters, so of course we're expected exactly. to know these things. Like some people are firefighters and are expected to put out fires. Uh, we are cinemasters and are expected to be on the cutting edge. Yes. Of movies. We carefully observe the internet. And if the not our jobs. <laughs> yes, this is, it's like a job if you didn't get paid at all. I would say I waste three to 400 marshmallows that miss the bag before I seal. I just fall to the ground while I'm clicking. Oh, there's just news. a pile. Yeah. Yeah. But just then, piles of them. But then Jack, the podcasting dog comes along behind me and he, li- he eats it up. So it's, it's a no, tasty treat. Waste not. It's a win-win. <laughs> it's a win-win. So the first bit of news that I want to talk about isn't necessarily new news, but it is interesting news. And that is, I mean, we we kind of we kind of predicted this. We saw it coming. Uh, this trolls worldwide was gonna shake loose some things. It was gonna do some things. It, it was gonna do some things. We and it did some things. We thought it would make a good amount of change, and we anticipated uh, things like the the model as far as distributing movies, at least in the foreseeable future. The short term, it's going to change the way movie studios think about releasing movies. And yeah. sure enough, uh, trolls. I mean, it's 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 a trivia question. It's going to go down with the Goonies and Raider. It was a, a temple of the of the lost uh, Indiana Jones temple of the the La- temple of doom. Thank you. I was like mixing my Indiana Jones movies. Just a reminder. I I drink. <laughs> and I know things. Yeah. That's where we come. It's synergy. It's perfect. But you know, like that was a whole uh, thing. Well, well, was it, was it also, was it, there was another movie too. What was, what was another movie credited for the whole PG 13? Uh, Oh, uh, gremlins. Gremlins. Yeah. Okay. Gremlins okay. and temple of doom. Those are the two that, but anyways, uh, 15 years from now, people are going to be talking about this movie. Not, not because it was a great movie. It was certainly fine, but, uh, what it, what it represented, what the the shift, the paradigm shift, thanks blazed to a trail. Mm-hmm. So what happened is what I'm talking about is you know we were like, well, what what are the actual numbers behind uh, trolls worldwide? We 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 kind of got some really vague uh, responses from Universal, and they they had said things like, uh, it's it was record breaking for for video on demand. And, you know, like, like the most rentals ever. And you're like, all right, yeah, we kind of expected that. But why aren't you giving us numbers? And one of the things that blew my mind was the CEO came out and said, well, in fact, uh, trolls in the two to three weeks that had come out had eclipsed $100 million in VOD, which on first blush, I'm thinking, I'm hearing that, I'm reading that news. I'm thinking that's less than I expected. Yeah, I I was I was expecting more along like two hundred and above, just because there was no nothing else out. It was like the only yeah. inter- and and then just based on responses on social media of of friends and friends of friends who were everybody was renting this thing the weekend yeah. it came out. I just expected a bit more, but uh, then they, they it continued and he said that they had uh, this movie was actually more profitable in three weeks than the entire run of the first Trolls movie. And I thought, what? (laughs) Is that right? Which opened up a ton of questions. Like, how how is it that they're figuring this? I I, I don't get this. Because we know that the domestic run of Trolls was in like 160, 170, something like that. 
Yeah, the yeah domestic was like one sixty something. I think right, and that's just domestic. That is not worldwide. Even though we all know that domestic is all that matters when it comes to numbers. yeah worldwide. I think it was like three forty <laughs> something. So you're like, wow. What? So what actually goes into budgeting these? It's like what? How much of the money goes to paying the cinemas? How much of the money goes to marketing? I mean, the general rule of thumb was always double what your budget was on the yeah. film, which I never really sat just right with me. That that just felt way too general. Yeah. So and and because uh, I've even just in in the wake of some of this, because the 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 advertising dollars, I think is is a very strong point in the whole discussion yeah. because I, I think that's where there's for the movie studios for universal specifically in this case to make more money um, to, to net more because they're not having to, you know, because they have, when you have the theatrical run, you have your theatrical advertising and that anymore, especially for, I mean, a movie like trolls, it's everywhere. And so it, they're, who knows what they're spending on it. But then yeah. when you have your second, you know, you kind of have your second run, which is when it comes to the on demand, when it comes to video, home video. So you kind of have this secondary campaign. Right. So you're kind of double Which is also pretty that. lucrative. Sometimes movies recoup their cost in a, in a rental capacity. Yeah. You know, maybe they didn't do so great in theatrical release, but sometimes you get a movie like... Uh, you know, like, what's a good example of a movie that was just did gangbusters? Well, like Austin Powers, the original Austin Powers did not yeah. do really well in theaters, but it made tons and tons of money on video. Yep. And it spawned sequels that them, they themselves became box office hits. But the original Austin Powers was not so much a hit. So I did some more digging, not a whole lot of digging, just just a little bit of digging. And I did find one thing that was pretty interesting. So you you... When you you know you factor in well, they're probably spending less money on advertising because they're not doing the whole like advertising in theaters, the the cutouts, and you know paying to have trailers run before movies. I don't, I don't know what they pay, what the, what is you know what what charge that comes. Like I don't know how much money is billed to the studio for showing these trailers in cinemas. I don't know, uh, but but the one thing that I did come across that was pretty interesting was. Fifty percent, and this is just typically theaters typically take about fifty percent of a box office uh, total sales. Yeah. So that that's a lot, like that's a fat chunk. Yeah. And then and then when when I found out that in VOD, uh, typically the studio retains eighty percent of the total take. Which so makes sense. We're talking a discrepancy of thirty percent here. So now I'm starting to think, ooh, maybe, maybe that makes a bit more sense when you think about those numbers. Uh, when when you're talking millions of dollars and you you think thirty percent of those millions of dollars, like okay, all right, I can see this. So, but bottom line, what what happened was is you know this the CEO, the president of Universal, whatever, he kind of came out. They were bragging about their success with Trolls Worldwide, and then he kind of you know said, you know, we're thinking about doing future releases uh when even when theaters are opening back up we we're, we're thinking about releasing movies on vod at the same time and the president of uh amc said the fuck you are <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't think so that's not how our business works the the model is there's got to be some sort of 
window that's respected so that the theaters can can make their money they can get their nut and uh with with no window any like any longer then your casual moviegoers are not going to go to the theaters so they're just going to rent it on VOD uh, cuz there there is there is a diminishing um popularity amongst i mean it, it it's when when people when the subject comes up just anecdotally when people are talking about like oh yeah you know i don't know how many more years movie theater is going to be around i always right. i i kind of fall back on newspapers i mean we've been phasing newspapers out of existence for decades now it's yeah. like oh yeah newspapers won't be around it's like there's i mean they're not in any kind of circulation like they were back in in the heyday of newspapers but right. newspapers still exist you can get a paper newspaper any day of the week. So it's not like movie theaters are just going to start shutting down left and right, right. and oh no. But <clears throat> there I mean there is an economic um you know a, a statistical economic impact that the the entire theatrical industry has been taking over the, the years as ticket prices have been rising and concessions are rising and yeah. <clears throat> for a family of four to go to the movies, I mean you're talking I mean most of the time anymore even if you're you know yeah cuz I, I I can go to the movies and not get concessions, but if I take my kids to the movies, mm-hmm. if I try and say, "Oh no, we'll get a snack afterwards," or "Oh, we'll share a drink," it's like that's almost never going to work. Well, not only that too is you you want to make it a, an enjoyable kind of memory, yeah, it's an experience, experience. Yeah. yeah. So you you are you're much more apt to opening up the wallet a bit more and yep. paying for candy and things like, cause you, you want the kids to have a good time, but yeah, exactly. You, you you're easily tiptoeing up into the hundred dollar range, which is yep. insane when you, when you think about it just to take the family to a movie. Yeah. Like you or I, we're, we, we would think nothing about just going to see a matinee in the afternoon yeah. by ourselves and enjoy exactly. the movie and spend $10 or less. Yeah, but now you're talking a hundred dollars, so you have to be a little bit more selective. Here comes Trolls Worldwide. Admittedly, I mean, people don't have the option right now to go to theaters. They cannot do it, even if they wanted to. Trolls Worldwide was going to be a movie that we would have gone to the theaters as a family yep. and seen that Same movie here. that that we were already talking about it. But AMC came out and they said, "No, this isn't cool. This is absolutely unacceptable." And now, how about how do you like this? We're just going to ban your movies from our theaters. We're just not going to show any of your movies. How do you like that? And, yeah, we're uh, taking that, our ball and we're going home. And that that was a huge statement right there. Like that, I I saw it as a bit of an overreaction. But um, yeah, I agree. You know, because it's one thing to say we don't care if we show Staten Island Summer. Yeah. Or whatever that movie is. The King of Staten Island with Pete Davidson. Yeah. Pete Davidson. Because everyone's knocking down the doors to see that one. And or The Hunt or Emma. Like, it's one thing to say, we're not going to show those movies. It's an entirely different thing to say, well, we're not going to show Minions 2. We're not going to show Jurassic Fast, World. Jurassic World. Right. Like, th- those are big time movies. And a line was drawn in the sand and other movie theater chains like Regal, I think was one. Yeah. Maybe a couple others. They came to the defense of AMC who's in all over the news for being in kind of financial dire straits right now. Like they're, they filed for, uh, was it, is it chapter 11 or 13? Uh, like yeah. a reorganization basically. They're, yep. they're not closing theaters, but, their their stocks were downgraded. They're not doing well. They're not doing well. 
no no theater is probably doing very well right now because you can't make money. And even when things start to open back up again in one month, two months, three months, whatever it is, it's going to be at limited capacity even then. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean, I think even like um, when getting getting down to like their AMC financials for 2019, like fourth quarter stuff and 2019 as a whole, I think they were down, I mean, considerably year over year. So they were hurting before okay. everything got shut down anyways. And that that happens when you have companies with tons and tons of stores. AMC, I think, is the main uh, theater chain. Like We, we yeah. don't really have any where we are. There's one. But we got one, you know, in some in some cities and some towns like there are three, four, maybe in in that area. So it's a it's a very it's a large uh, company with lots of screens. You know, gosh, why I I didn't I had it written down before, but I want to I'm don't quote me on this, but I want to say in the 50,000 screen range, something like that. So when you if you're a universal and now all of a sudden you're that many screens down, it hurts. But does it hurt them more than it hurts uh, AMC, who's already in bad shape? Like, I don't think so. I think Universal could could hold could win. You know, especially if they're if they're seeing success with uh, VOD, like they did with yeah. Trolls. Uh, but I think it was also it's it's also important to note that I think somewhere in in their statement talking about Universal anyway that. This this is this is coming from a position of extraordinary uh, times, you know. Like th- this is unusual circumstances. We have to make money. We're a business, you know. Like we can't. We have some movies that are made and waiting. Uh, we're willing to push certain movies back to twenty twenty one, but I mean, we have to have a flow of income. So we're going to release some of these movies and and make something off of it. And it's it's difficult to understand why AMC would have a problem with that. Well, and because one of the things that I'm kind of curious about in this, because I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen any, I haven't seen a response back from AMC since Universal kind of put theirs out what, mm. like two three days ago. Yeah. And next Friday, the fifteenth, um, Warner Brothers has their animated Scooby Doo, their new mm-hmm. one, Scoob, is yeah. is coming to video on demand, and that one's yes. going to be because. Um, uh, Trolls was just for rent. You could you get rental for forty eight hours, and it was twenty dollars, twenty bucks. Yeah. And I believe from everything that I read, Scoob is going to be this. It, it's going to be available in that format to rent for twenty dollars for um, forty eight hours. But it's also, I think, going to be able uh, uh, available for purchase for I think twenty five dollars. Mm. Um, so you, and that's you a pay just an extra five bucks. You can have it to own, and you own it. Yeah. And so I know what um, I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, and it's like because that's. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I think. Um, and I, I wish, um, I don't know if they've published anything. One of the things that I was really curious of is, especially because there's not a lot of content and because everybody has their kids home, it's kind of like the perfect storm that, mm-hmm. you know, because trolls, a kids love watching the same movie over and over and over and over and over, especially something new with trolls coming out and being available for 48 hours. You know, if, if you need something to keep your kids occupied and it's $20 and for the next two days, Anytime you're like, hey, just go watch Trolls. Yeah, we watched it three times. And we we yeah. got three three viewings out of it. Exactly. So. I was curious how many people would re-rent it, especially because it was. I mean, it was a it was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I'll probably pick it up when it comes out. I'm, yeah. I didn't need to rent it again, but right. Um, I was curious how many people would go back for a second rent. Hmm. 
That's interesting that you, you you bring up the whole Warner Brothers thing. Uh, one one thing that I was thinking was interesting is you, like I'd said before, you you did have Regal and some other cinemas kind of joining uh, AMC in their stance of you know don't don't break the window. That's uncool. Uh, none of the studios are either coming to the defense of Universal like or or saying anything against it. Like they're just staying quiet. Yeah, it's like they're kind of letting they're going to see what how how this pans out for Universal cuz that was my whole thing with Scoob was okay, that's Warner Brothers. Mm. And they're doing the same thing, but I haven't heard anybody show any, you know, it was like, "Oh, well, fine. We're we're done with Warner Brothers too." It's like if anybody else does this, and that's going to be your standard response to it. It's like if you're going to release stuff on VOD, then we're not showing your movies. It's like, "Okay, well, if you've just axed Warner Brothers and Universal, uh good luck reopening at all." I mean, there's. It's not like those are the only two names in the game, but those are two pretty sizable names. I mean, yeah. just just for AMC to say we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna show Universal movies, anyways. It was. I mean, it's a silly thing, just because there's there's no way that they can afford to miss out on that foot traffic. They just can't. Yeah. Once everything starts opening back up, you, that's that's what they need more than anything is to get people back into the theaters, right? Well, I thought it was interesting, too, that AMC said that even when theaters are allowed to reopen, they're not going to reopen right away. They're going to wait no, until some things are actually, you know, some significant movies of note are, are ready, which what's what's that going to be like fall at the earliest? Yeah, um, I, I was reading the other day because uh, um, uh, Christopher Nolan has they they're, I think, the only ones that have held strong and fast to their original release date for Tenet, which is in which, July. July seventeenth, uh, I think, is when that comes out. Um, and I mean, Christopher Nolan—he's a little bit more of a household name because of his Batman franchise, mm-hmm. and a lot of—I mean, you know, and Inceptions, Inception's one right. people probably know. But at the same time, it's like he's—you know—he had Interstellar a couple years ago, and then uh, I forget what even what his most Dunkirk. recent one. Yeah, he did Dunkirk. Yeah, which was a which was a and like you know critical. Yeah, so it was critical acclaim. Not not necessarily a big successful no. box office so, run. So he's been he's been kind of waning. And even the article that I was reading, they're expecting low box office for that. Because they've they've said we're not moving it. And mm-hmm. I I thought I was like, okay, well, you know, I figured, you know, somebody might take a stand somewhere and say, Nope, we're not moving. We're gonna hold fast. And mm-hmm. I don't know what they were expecting to bring in from the onset. It's certainly gonna be less because I think even right now, I've not seen a, a written up plan for our state. Yeah. I've seen one a couple of places, I think at least anecdotally for Indiana is by July 4th, right. everything seems to be kind of back to normal, but right. that's just as far as like from a government standpoint, not how are people going to gauge how things yeah. go. There, there's going to be a certain number of people that are going to rush to get back to normal. They're ready to do it now. Uh, yeah, but th- there's a significant other uh, group of other people who are going to be very, very cautious, and they're going to wait to see yeah. how things play out. Because I mean, we we know we know that uh, I mean, in some countries, COVID nineteen wasn't that you know weren't hit as hard as uh, you know in our country and some other countries in Europe. They weren't hit nearly as hard, but we were hit the hardest. Because yeah. of the density of, of density some of the population. Yeah. So, you know, it's it it's it's gonna be really interesting to see how people are gonna wait. 
Because even right now, there's a bit of a backlash in some of the states that weren't hit as hard as like New York, Washington, yeah. like the Pacific Coast line. Now, now they're seeing the high numbers. A lot of those states that were pushing and protesting to open because they weren't in their mind, they weren't as in much in danger as the other cities they're pushing to reopen. And now they're seeing huge spikes. <laughs> yep. So we know that when we reopen for business, there's going to be another uptick in, in infections and, and people getting sick. So will we have a wave two of a shutdown or will we just be prepared to handle like, will we have enough ventilators? And, and I don't want to get too deep into the, all of this. Cause I'm, I know next to nothing. I mean, I watch the news like everybody else, but you know, part, part of my understanding was the major danger of it was we didn't have ventilators to accommodate yeah. the traffic of all the people that would be sick. But it seems like even in New York, they have this, they have the ventilators, they have the space. Yeah. It wasn't quite as awful. Like they, they prepared for the worst and it wasn't quite as bad as that. But if, if you have, if you, you know, it's like picking a scab, scratching a scab, like it's never going to fully heal. You're going to continue to have this steady, like, you know, we, okay, so we flattened the curve, but the curve's not going away completely because we, we won't continue to quarantine. Like we're reopening. So it just stays where it is until a vaccine happens, which won't happen until 2021 sometime. Yeah. Exactly. So theaters are just not going to be what they have been, even when they reopen, there's going to be yeah. a major decline in, in ticket sales. So if you, if you are a movie theater company and you are going to go ahead and, and maybe overreact, uh, you're, you're going to bite your, you've been backed into a corner already because your business is going under. So you're, you know, you are a little desperate. So, which, which speaks to the, to the statements that they've made. AMC has made about universal and just not showing their movies. A company that's stable and on good footing is not going to make those types of statements. No. Nope. So, well, it'll be really interesting to see how Scoob does. And if they if they have the same success that uh, Trolls Worldwide did, which I think they will because nothing I is think out. They too. Nothing new is out. And that's no, another there's, movie. No, there's nothing. That's another movie that I'd fully intended to take the kids to go see in theaters. when it Because, you know, exactly, in in previews and uh, going to you know movies early in the year late late last year they were showing little teasers of Scoob, yeah, uh, before a lot of movies and each time it's like this is this looks really cute. And by the way, Scooby Doo hasn't gone away as a you know as a as a franchise like they're still putting out new. They're Scooby-Doo still going shows. strong, right? So that audience similar to Sonic, like you know. I didn't really realize it, but there's like a pretty strong Sonic fan base. They're not the same fans that played the Sega Genesis games back in the '90s, but there were many, many shows like one after the other. They just yeah, there's a bunch of shows. anime ones too that I mean really hooked a lot of people. Yeah, so like you had that audience ready to go for a quality movie, and now you got like I think the Scooby Doo movie looks pretty quality. It looks, it looks. I mean, it was one of those as the first time I saw it. I can't remember if I was with my sister or if I text her and said hey you got to check this movie out we need to take yeah. the kids to see it because it was i mean it was, it was like this looks fun yeah it it reminds me in a way of like the the peanuts movie that came out four or five years ago yeah uh the movie doesn't look anything like that necessarily but it's it's an old property that you have nostalgic feelings for and uh if it's half decent you're gonna enjoy it oh yeah so yeah, I'm. I'm hoping. I, I. I think you're right. I think that one will do well, and I think. I think it will only further cement the idea 
that a VOD because because I, th- I think that's the other part of it is the from the from the public side of things. Um, and I can't remember if it was something somebody I was listening to or something I was reading, but um, there's you know we with all the content we have from coming from a hundred different angles at us, mm. everybody's constant. Hey, did you see? Oh, have you have you seen the the most recent update or the most recent episode of this? Hey, have you do you watch this show? Hey, have you seen this? Everybody's always asking that question. Right. Um, <clears throat> partially because we love that shared experience. Just uh, that's one of those things as as people that we like to be able to identify and talk about. You know the shows and the movies we're watching. Mm-hmm. But then there's also kind of that. Um, everybody's talking about this, this movie or everybody's talking about the show. I need to tune in too. I mean, I, I have purposefully not watched that tiger King show just because I was like, everybody like, that was the first that were like, when we went on quarantine, everybody watched tiger King and everybody was talking about tiger yeah. King. And it's just kind of that collective shared experience. Where it was like, everybody had, Oh, everybody's talking about tiger King. I got to watch this show. And so with some of these movies, you know, when a movie comes out, you know, like you were saying earlier for you or me to stop by and see a mat, you know, even a, uh, uh, an, a late matinee on a weekday or whatever is not beyond, you know, the realm of possible for us. So w- we see probably more things than a lot of people, but if, you know, if you want to be one of those people that, Hey, I got two, three kids and either we can't get a babysitter or I don't want to take all the kids out of the theater, whatever it is. If you have a platform where, Hey, the movie that's out in theaters right now that everybody's talking about is also on video on demand and all you got to do is tuck the kids in pay 20 bucks and you can watch it yeah. and then you can be a part of that conversation yeah that's 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 going to be one of those driving factors that because i we've both talked about i think offline i were really eager to see a decent size this staten island thing i don't think i mean that's not anything but like yeah. to see an actual you know like adult a, a, a yeah, real i want to see a live a, action movie yeah that's not a because you know when when you're talking about animated movies from from what I understand listening to other podcasts who were are you know professional animators you know so for the most part a lot of these movies can continue to be made working at home uh, whereas if you have a movie like um, what what's a what's a midsummer movie that got pushed back to December that you can think of like off the top of your head. Uh, well, the the one that the one that I kept using that I thought would be a great um, a great pick for them to try was uh, a Quiet Place Two. Oh, good. Yes, a Quiet Place Two. Now, here here's something that I I don't know. Maybe there's nothing to this, but a movie like a if you have a movie that's coming out near summertime that has a a um, more than your typical movie like a, a fair amount of special effects involved. You know, you get all your like, you know, your principal photography, your your acting, everything like th- those things are in the can. But you still may be waiting on maybe that five percent of special effects that are, and oftentimes will go down to the wire. You yeah. know, if a movie is if a movie is scheduled to be released uh, May fifteenth, they may still be working on it at the end of April. Yeah, and I, that, you know, I'm talking about animated movies being a type of thing that can still be worked on. That's one thing, but with live action movies, you could be talking reshoots. You could be talking yep. uh, dubbing of like maybe maybe this can Audio be done. Stay, yeah. Maybe this can be done remotely. Maybe it can't be. So we're seeing. I think a lot of these movies being pushed. Part of it is yes, 
they're not anticipating a full movie theater, so let's just push it out until we think we might be able to see a full movie theater. But also, B, I don't think some of these movies are done. Yeah. And, and uh, that was that was why A Quiet Place 2 to me, because I think that one was supposed to be coming out sometime in April, like mid to late April. Yeah. Which is still kind of on the early end for like a summer, quote unquote, summer movie. Although summer mm-hmm. keeps encroaching earlier, earlier yeah. in the year. March. <clears throat> I was like, hey, the summer blockbuster coming out March 3rd. I'm like, whoa. Valentine's Day. Like, whoa. Like, what? That's a That's little a summer soon. blockbuster? Hmm. All right. Do you know what summer means? Because I don't think that you <laughs> It's do. freezing outside. <laughs> it's like, I'm wearing a coat. It's not summer. <laughs> yeah. What is this, Canada. But, um, but I would <clears throat> like to see um, that. That's an excellent example. Quiet Place Two, release it on VOD, and then oh by the way, maybe maybe in December or in January when things are you know maybe getting back to normal, re-release it for those people who would really want to see it in theaters. And I think especially with that one, because I want to say the the production budget that was somewhat like thirty to thirty five million, maybe thirty seven million. That's modest. Something something relatively low. Yeah. And uh, I think the first one, I want to say it made $100 million, give or take, uh, domestic in its entire run. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't anything like, what, like, oh, blow you away. But it was like, okay, it more than made up for itself. It was, um, a, su- and, it was a surprise hit. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, this one had us, I think the, the exact, it, well, actually, it may have even been less. It may have been something like $17 million, actually. Oh, my gosh. I think the, the, so I'm like, all right. And where they've moved it to, they've moved it to September. And it's going up now against uh, Candyman and um, The Conjuring Three and Monster Hunters. So it's it's when I was like, okay, there's the not movies be that a- should have that would have been expected to dominate the yeah fall Halloween yeah. So it's like, okay, now you got a quiet place. I mean, none of these movies is going to have more than a week where they're you know they're. It's the so only one at the box office. It's so it's so going to be it's going to be so crowded. I'm like, if you took this. And if you put a because they, I mean, they, especially too, because they've been advertising the crap out of it. So I was like, yeah. they already spent a lot of that money. It's like, if you took Quiet Place 2, threw it out there on video on demand, because the, I mean, they had the the Invisible Man, the Hunt, and like one or two. I mean, the yeah, stuff that's come yeah. out on video on demand, it's like nobody really wanted to see it anyway. So I mean, it's like yeah. arty stuff. Or, Invisible you know. Man was a pretty surprise hit, but yeah. I, it, it benefited, I believe, greatly from yes. being released on VOD early too. But yeah, I think, I, I like, I, I, uh, and I'm, is, is Quiet Place, are they Warner Brothers? Or maybe they're Sony. Mm, I can't remember. I, I, I'm um, sorry. I'll, I can, I'll try and look it up while you. But uh, whatever they are, it's one of those, like, if, I mean, if they were able to come out and they, I mean, they might not do, because I think that's one, of, that's part of, part of the equation that we don't have is like with Trolls where they're it's saying, Paramount. okay, we've, okay, Paramount. Yeah. We've made more, we've made more with Trolls World Tour by doing VOD than we did with that, so there's obviously factors that we're not aware of how they calculate those kind of things. It's like if if uh, a quiet place too is able to do any kind of business similar to that, you know, because it is like as things start to loosen up, it's like some people might go back to the theaters. I think that I still think it would be a great one to say we're going to release it in theaters, yeah, and we're going to do VOD, yeah, and just see how it goes because I don't think you're going to lose anything if you do. I really don't. I think, not not in the end, not in the long run. No. Because, uh, I mean, one of the examples that I give people, too, when you talk about movies getting released, maybe not to the to the tune of the big audiences, like maybe it doesn't get $100 million in its in its opening weekend, but 
peep, peep, the those there are still people out there that are going to go watch a movie again, even if it's already been yep. released on video. Oh yeah, there there are a number of people that will go see it again just because they want that theatrical experience. Case in yeah. point, I paid twenty bucks to go see Ghostbusters a couple of years ago, and I've seen Ghostbusters a hundred times. Oh yeah, it's just, I just wanted to see it on a big screen. I did the same thing with uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That that was a movie because you yep. know, like they had those Fathom events. Where the Fathom always, events, yeah, yeah. I I do those a lot. Uh, I took Batman eighty nine was like one of those types of things. Transformers in the movie, like you're gonna oh, go yeah. pay for these movies because you want the theatrical experience. Nothing beats. I don't care how good your basement is. Nothing beats a big the, screen. Uh, yeah, the yeah. theater is always going to be the the premier experience. Right. So what what are theaters going to do to adjust? Are they going to rip out seats and put in coffee tables or something? <laughs> like you know, like what can you do? I think that's what theaters are going to have to do. Is AMC especially? They're going to have to ask, what can we do to make the theater experience even more premium uh, than it already is? And if you're going to have to rip out seats, if you're going to have to do like every other seat, if you're going to have to do like forty percent, fifty percent capacity. You're going to have to think of some things. Well, because I was the, like, you know, thinking about, um, and I, you know, I don't know Regal how you know every Regal theater or how every AMC theater is is uh, set up, but I know for our examples here in town, um, the two Regal theaters that I know of are in more kind of rural settings. One's in mm-hmm. Shelbyville, one's in New Albany, yeah, and then uh, AMC over in Stony Brook. That those are the theaters in town that have not really converted over to the whole new reclining seats and you know m- making updates to their that's a good point. to their physical like that's one of the things that's funny like and i can't remember if we were talking about it or not but when i went to see the last time i was at a regal theater i went to see endgame which would have been a year ago and i went at ten forty-five on a wednesday morning we we're the only like there was like two maybe two or three other people in the theater but it cost eleven dollars. Yeah, at ten forty-five in the morning to go see, and and they were the cramped old theater seats. It wasn't yeah. like nice, luxurious. I got plenty of. I had to keep shifting because I didn't have any leg room. You're like so what? Like eleven dollars for this experience? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is not how you. I mean, if you're going to charge me eleven bucks, because that's the thing is like I drove past several theaters that I would have paid less money mm-hmm. for a better experience. Right, doesn't make sense. And one one thing that I will say anecdotally is uh, the IMAX is the big trump card that AMC holds up its sleeve right now. Uh, I'll tell you what, the last time I saw a movie in IMAX was, I think it was Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I think so. Uh, And the seats, they were all close together. There was no reclining. Uh, It was was pretty uncomfortable from, you know, compared to what I've come to expect from every other movie theater in town where you just walk in, you got the whole row to yourself. You can stretch your legs out. If you have to go to the bathroom, which I always end up having to do, you have room to just casually walk, you know? Yeah. It's so much better. And IMAX is supposed to be the end all beat all experience. It ain't (laughs) at least not this cinema. And I I don't know. I mean, like it, you know, with, aspect ratios and and all this and that i don't know how it how it measures up with like the xd from cinemark or the extreme from the but it's when i was like okay if it's you know the the loudest sound and the biggest screen and it like even from for from my perspective where it's like i love going to the movies is like when i go when i went and saw 1917 at escape in town 
Mm. And because uh, I saw it there twice, I saw it on the biggest screen they had. That has their extreme screen. It's like, right. I don't know what else I would have gotten out of it had I seen it on an IMAX screen. Yeah, I, the only thing I can think of is I know that there are IMAX cameras and I don't, yeah. like you'd said something about aspect ratios, like I don't know what is different. Uh, there has to be something. You, there has to be a benefit to watching a movie on an IMAX screen that was filmed yeah. IMAX film. Uh, there has to be, but to the layman, even to someone who watches movies like you and I a lot, probably we, we can't tell the difference. And the trade-off, I don't think, is you know what, whatever extra you're getting out of that visual experience yeah. I don't think makes up for it, it's not well right. these are just regular I seats have, and I regretted paying that premium price for yeah. the IMAX seats because like I was uncomfortable and I remember like I had to get up and use the bathroom at one point I'm like navigating through like you know the old days you're tripping over people yeah right right it was way uncomfortable and I'm so spoiled now by by having all that extra room and and by the way, uh, the extra room comes at the trade off of pulling out seats. Like they get fewer yep. fewer seats in a theater. That that's the trade off. Like you're getting fewer seats, but you're paying. I guess you're maybe paying a bit more uh, to just to get that. Like people are going to want to go see your movies at your theater because you have that extra comfort. So I don't know what it it's it's going to be. The onus is not on the studios to keep people going to the, to their buildings to see their movies. Yeah. It's going to be on the, it's going to be all on the AMCs of the world to convince people like, you know, like you, you just look like a villain. You look bad. They, by, they really do. By, by putting up a paywall, like putting up this, um, arbitrary window. That's just always been, you know, like people want to see a movie and you're saying, no, we're not going to, you know, like we're, we're going to bankrupt your studio because we just always have had this window. No, you're going to have to think of something else. Like th this is a debate that's been going on for some time in the, well, in the last maybe five to 10 years about the whole, like not need for movie theaters. Yeah. Uh, this, this whole pandemic has just really pushed it over the edge. Like it's forcing it to happen now. And, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how the, the movie theaters, in, in 2021, 2022, what they're going to look like. Because 2020 oh, is, is in the the dumpster. You know, like it's... it's Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it sucks. Like it. Even if they show movies at the end of 2020, it's it's going to be so weird. It's going to be odd feeling. Are you going to be I don't, comfortable I don't going even, to a theater? I don't know how... I like, I don't... Uh, and I don't know if it's got the same kind of longevity as something like the Kentucky Derby. I don't know if there are years where they, they didn't do the Academy Awards, but I'm like, I don't even know what that'll look like next year. It's like... Well, oh, they'll have to they'll have to postpone it because, you know, Elizabeth Moss can't win Best Actress for no. <laughs> I mean, or no. I mean, she's fine actor, but you know what I mean. Like, there's there's not going to be anybody to. to I mean, you can against. give the you can give the Academy Award for Best Director to Guy Ritchie for The Gentleman. I'm fine with that. That's, I mean, is Anna Kendrick going to be a nomination for Poppy in you know Trolls Worldwide? I love Anna it, Kendrick. I would be all for that, but it seems a little silly. They're going to take a year off. I think they're I, they're going to have to. It's just the. I, I, I've, and like we've said before, I think it'll be <clears throat> a year from now. And, and that's cause I know when, when we, uh, we had talked about doing stuff like this as a, as a feature on the podcast when we were first trying to figure out what we were doing yeah. and we really kind of tried it. We said, nah, let's stay away from talking about, you know, what's happening in the now because yeah, let's stay it, evergreen. it dates us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay. But 
obviously, like we've said many a time when we're talking about this, this these are extraordinary circumstances. And so yeah. when we, when, you know, when we're looking back on these, these, these podcasts a year from now, we would say, okay, this is, this is where we were a year ago. And this is now what we've settled on. This is how, this is the new normal as far as VOD and you know, people going to theaters and how this works. Cause there's, I think, I mean, this is one of those things for people, for us, it's something front and center, people that are, you know, big on movies for people that are casual observers are probably somewhat aware of, you know, the universal AMC thing. If you're tuning into news at all, you may have overheard it or mm. you maybe you read an article about it, but it's not something that you're It's more of a blur. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> but it's like, so for a lot of your people that are just casual moviegoers, I'm thinking about some of those people, what kind of population that represents. If I'm, you know, Joe Public and I go to the, I go to the Stony Brook AMC to see all my movies and I pull up, you know, once, once we finally get around to, oh yeah, Jurassic World's coming out or, you know, uh, F9, the, the new um, Fast and Furious movie is yeah. coming out. And I'm looking, I was like, why, why aren't there any showings at... Stony Brook, oh, crap. Well, let's go over to the theater at the mall, or let's go over to the Escape, yeah. or whatever. They're, and then all they, of a sudden, they're going to have to pull back on that claim. Yeah, they really are. Uh, but until 2021 happens, when there's a vaccine and and people can go out in public and not have to worry about Meemaw dying because you yeah. went to see a movie and then you go see Meemaw and then you know she gets sick, like nothing is going to be even remotely normal until 2021. That's the yeah. earliest. So. Which is why you saw a lot of these. Some of these movies just got completely pushed back to 2021. Yeah, they're so, like, no, nope, we're screw it. We're not even doing this year. Moving on to next year. And next fast, year. fast, fast nine was one of those, right? Like it just got totally yep. pushed to 2021. They, they, they yep. saw the writing on the wall. They know it's coming. You know, anytime there's like sort of, sort of pandemic or whatever, it's it takes time. It takes a lot of time to find and to find some sort of vaccine, and then you got to test it. Just takes time. <laughs> well, and that because it was, I mean, a lot of the stuff up front, because it was one of the things that was really telling to me, um, at least from the information I assumed that the studios had, was when you know um, James Bond was the first domino to fall, and right. that one just got moved to Thanksgiving, November, and that was yeah. yeah, it was odd, but it's like okay, well, you know, if if this is as big of a deal, then that's fine. And moving this to a Thanksgiving release, you know, gives it some legs to make. Some I think all the these movies kind of are getting pushed to 2021. I, I it's it, the, the, what, what I started seeing as the trend was everybody was pushing movies to September or later, which to right. me really said, okay, their first estimates are things won't even start to be any kind of normal right. until the last few months of the year. That that's when we didn't know anything at all. Yeah. Now now we're now we really still don't know much and and now it's already you know it's May. Yeah. So people are looking at this and going like why you know like Ghostbusters got pushed back to 2021, Fast 9 2021 like just push everything back to 2021. If there's something that you can complete that is, it's if it's possible to complete it, and you can put it out on VOD. Do it. Yeah. Deal. We'll deal with the fallout at another time because there won't be a fallout. No. AMC can talk tough all they like, but in the end, they need those movies to fill their. They do. To fill their they need the foot traffic because yeah. they need the concessions. The That's last the thing they want is to 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 alienate one of the top studios. You know, putting out your product. That's like if you're if you're a retailer. And you're upset, and you're like, "Well, we're not. We're mad, so we're not going to carry uh, Nike anymore." 
Yeah. It's like, like well, the okay. people that are looking for Nike, you're just going to go to another store. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's not like, oh, our customers will side with us. It's like, no, uh, no, they'll just <laughs> they go won't. somewhere else that they can get it. They are not loyal. And movie and, and people who love movies are not going to be loyal either. And you, and you don't have an exclusive enough property. I was like, it was like, oh, well, if I can't see it at Stony Brook, I guess I'm not going to. It's like, right. no, guess I'll I'm just going go to see Cinemark. It a, yeah, it's like, <laughs> and I, I think that's one of the things that's that that it has been interesting is going back to the two studios. I mean, when I go to Stony Brook, it's you know, it's a, pr- a pretty clean theater, really, you know, relatively nice. I mean, they haven't yeah. made a lot of updates. Um, as far, I mean, they've, they've they invested in the bar. You know, it's not a terrible they've, place. They've to made, see no, they've, they've made some changes, but you know, as far as what other studios are doing to kind of, cause I, I think the, the part of it is like, okay, they're trying to match the cost of going and everyone is like, okay, going to the movies is now an experience. Mm-hmm. So if it's an experience, I got to get what I'm paying for. So, okay. I got a nice big comfy chair i can recline right. you know oh, oh we can i could order blankets. a drink i can have a i can nice, order a drink I can have, yeah i can have a hamburger <laughs> yeah so it's like okay this is yeah it's a, more than what you need in a movie experience but okay the, we're gonna make it an event but I, I think that's the thing is like for cinemark and for i know escape which is a smaller chain locally but right. you know it's those like okay they're I scattered think, throughout the northeast as well. yeah yeah i think the uh the, that whole we're going to pull out seats and put in, make this comfortable for e- even, I mean, just the, those partitions to where it's like you have enough space. Like you said, you can walk by people and you don't, you don't have to, you can still be reclined and mm. people can get, get up and go do what they need to. And I really like what Cinemark has done too, like where you have just like, if you feel so isolated in your little aisle, there's, there's not that person in front of you, you really who's do. tall, yeah. who they're blocking nope. part of your view. Like there's just none of that. Yeah, it's like everything is almost like its own little box, yeah. and it really does. It, yeah, it's and like box. It's like box stadium. Uh, it is, you know? and it, and with that, it's like it's almost like you can't have a bad seat, like unless you're having to sit down in the front two rows. Right. You you almost can't have a bad seat, and it's true. so with that, it's like even even when you, I mean, because there's, I mean, when I see a movie that's been out for four or five six weeks, and it's back tucked into one of their tiny theaters in the back corner, it's still. A, a pleasant experience. It's still a nice. I mean, even when when we went to go see Doctor Sleep, it, that's the only theater in town mm-hmm. out by uh, out on on, on yeah. Once the, the town, lights but, go down and the movie starts playing, and there's there's what uh, less than a hundred seats. Yeah, uh, it it's fine. It's great. Like when the it lights really are is. up and everything, you're like, oh well, this is this is kind of sad. Like, look how small this theater is. Yeah, but yeah. Still, when the lights go out, you're like, oh, this is a hell of a lot better than anything I could produce at home. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I have and a I, pretty I, sweet setup at home. And I think because they balance it out because they do have the XD theater that you know has like 500 seats, or the extreme theater where it's like you still have the the lounging. Uh, you don't have it. You, you're not as isolated. And you don't have that kind of that cozy feel. But you can you could have either or. You could have the giant theater and the huge screen and the Atmos sound that's all around. You could have that experience, or you could have the nice, cozy, secluded little theater in the back. And like, you can get the best of both worlds, and it's the same price. Yeah, it it's 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 an interesting topic that I don't. I think we haven't heard the last of it. I think it's yeah. it's just just the beginning. And I have a feeling we're going to revisit this again. I think you're right. Uh, And it's fascinating to see it play out. And uh, I, for one, am rooting. I'm rooting for the VOD uh, because I I do like the idea of doing that for certain movies. And I'm also rooting for theaters because I think there's always going to be 
a want and need to yeah. to have a date night where you can the the movie is like the centerpiece of the date like you go out you eat you sit down you and you watch a movie together you have that convert you you talk after the movie like it yeah you know movie movie the movie theater experience isn't going to go away as you said earlier no. with like movie the, like with uh, newspapers uh but it it has to change it has to it has to evolve they got to keep up because thing, things are, this is, this is a catalyst that people either, I mean, I think the people, I think the, the uh, I think the thing is like clearly, uh, Warner brothers, universal, they were somewhat prepared for what's going on. Mm-hmm. They, they, they weren't planning out maybe necessarily, but they were prepared to pivot their business model to be able to suit their, the needs of their customers in a in a completely different environment. Well, another thing that, too is they're not the leaders of like the you know like as far as box office draws. Yeah, they're in a perfect position where like if you're like fifth or sixth in a race, you're willing to make that risk. You'll take a yeah. risk to maybe to come out ahead. Like they, you know, you know Disney. It was in the news recently that Disney was. I think their stocks had been downgraded because they're they're having a hard time because a lot of their business comes from the parks, and even yep. though. Even though we, we you know, like as, as movie fans, we see that eight of the top ten movies, gross wise, gross wise, was a uh, Disney movies. Uh, that's only just a small part of their overall business. Yeah. So you know, if like, so you know, Disney's not going to take a chance to screw up a good thing. But Universal, who's behind probably Warner Brothers, probably behind Paramount, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, they, but I mean, Warner Brothers did have, I think, one of the other top ten movies, like with Joker and yeah. Um, that one of the other that like the other movie that was in the top ten, I don't think it was a Universal movie. So, um, it's it's just interesting to see like Universal take that risk and to see it pay off. And but but now they're kind of out there on their own. <laughs> there and and it, it'll it's it's I think it's sink or swim time. And I I hope I hope what they do is I hope it's, I hope Scoob does well. Yeah, and that um that just bolsters that idea of okay. Because it's not, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. It doesn't mean release everything on video on demand, right. and we're just going to put all our eggs in this basket. It's like, right. no, you know. But right now, if nobody's making any money, and there's a market for some money to be made, yeah, why not? Oh, why not? There's this vacuum happening right now, and in, then in, in film and entertainment, you know, like it's just there. And uh, Universal was brave enough to put their hat in, and they they made good. And I think Warner Brothers is going to do the same, and. Uh, we'll, we'll see if some other studios who were pushing movies back to September, October, November, maybe they'll, maybe they'll spend the cash to, f- to finish the movie. If it's, if it's not already in the can, put it out on VOD, see what happens. Yeah. All right. We're so uh, I think it's time we, we can move on to our next topic. Uh, we, we spent a significant amount of time going yeah. over the, uh, what, you know, and it warrants it, it deserves it, but let's talk about some uh, more, more lighthearted news, I guess you could say. And that's the, um, let's see, pull up the little news here. This is from starwars.com. Came the news came out on May May the 4th, which of course is, you know, May the 4th be with you. The little little fake holiday. One, one of my favorite more recent fake holidays that show up on the calendar. I enjoy it. It's a fun one. It is a fun one. So, uh so according to uh, starwars.com, uh Academy Award winner Taika Waititi, one of your favorites. Taika, uh, who recently won best adapted screenplay for Jojo Rabbit. Uh, at the Academy Awards and directed the widely acclaimed season finale episode of The Mandalorian, Star Wars related, on Disney+. Plus. Uh, he will direct and, 
and co-write a new Star Wars feature film for theatrical release. Uh, joining Watiti on the screenplay will be Academy Award nominee Christy Wilson-Cairns. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Uh, she had written 1917, maybe you were just mentioning, uh, and received a BAFTA Award for Most Outstanding British Film of the Year and on the three-time Oscar-winning film, 1917. So uh, so this is this is big news. This is this really is, yeah. exciting news. Um, Star Wars was in a way, like, it, Star Wars is in a position where they, they kind of needed a shot of good news. Rise of, the Rise of Skywalker came out. There was the whole controversy with Ryan Johnson's movie, The Last Jedi. That was kind of the beginning of the downfall of uh, just Star Wars. Like, you know, the... The, the honeymoon was over after yeah. Force Awakens and Rogue One. Then you had Ryan Johnson's movie, and was, after that was supposed to be Colin Trevorrow. Trevorrow, I think his name is. Uh, Trevorrow, yeah. Trevorrow, yeah. That was, he was supposed to be directing this film. Um, then you also had uh, the Solo movie, which was supposed to be directed by the Lego guys. They ended up getting uh, overtaken by Ron Howard in the Solo movie. It, it was fine. It was okay. Yeah. Uh, Rise of Skywalker was, you know, I kind of liken it to the whole mess that happened with Justice League. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had your, you had your movies, uh, you know, like you, you had a plan. You were going to have JJ come in and make the first movie. Ryan Johnson was to come in and make the second movie. Uh, and then you, you know, Trevor was supposed to come in. That was going to be your trilogy. And it was a bold experiment. I loved the idea. And I actually was, you know, we're, we're a few of the people that, enjoyed the last jedi yeah didn't really have a problem with it we have a few nitpicks but i mean all star wars movies have nitpicks none of none of them are perfect um but but because so many people were upset with that movie it kind of forced kathleen kennedy to change direction bring in jj and they kind of like what what we end up getting was this weird like kind of fan servicey cap to the to the like you know not not completely but sort of was over over like overturning what ryan johnson had done yeah uh it, it was just weird. a lot of people a lot of people as it turns out aren't big fans of the rise of skywalker like they might as well have just let trevor do his thing and then if you hated it fine but at least it would have made sense it would have been a cohesive trilogy uh but really as it stands like you have two it's like it could either be the jj uh, double feature, you know, and forget Ryan Johnson's movie <laughs> or, or you cannot, And then just have this weird movie where like people have all these like hanging questions and you got the Palpatine thing out of nowhere. And so star Wars is in a weird way. And bec because of all these, uh, because of all these missteps, you could call like movies making like $700 million a misstep. Uh, their plans to have movies like standalone movies. Like there was a supposed to be a Boba Fett movie. There yep. was supposed to be a, a Obi-Wan movie. Like they just got canceled. There was supposed to be a new Ryan yeah, Johnson trilogy got, whoosh, that got down. canceled. You know, there was supposed to be a trilogy from the game of Thrones guys, like, you know, uh, DB Weiss and the other guy that got, they pulled out of that themselves. Like they, they were like, nah, <laughs> we don't like this. Which is, it's funny. Cause I think I, I, I still believe that there's, a portion of the the last season of Game of Thrones that that took the brunt of because uh, it it felt like they had kind of mentally exited a little bit, and I think it was uh, just and from my perspective, it seemed yeah. like 
because there were all of those reports that were coming out. Oh, they're they're in Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. It was right. kind of one of those things like, how how do you balance? Okay, we still need to give all of our everything to Game of Thrones, but we're, we're excited about doing Star Wars, and then Star Wars gets scrapped. It's like, yeah. okay, this just screwed everything. Well, I'll tell you right now, the peop the same people that hated Ryan Johnson's Star Wars movie hated the final season of Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. There, there was major overlap there. You know, <laughs> there's a Venn diagram somewhere of those fans. Oh yeah. So it. You know, I think even before they had an opportunity for Kathleen Kennedy to go, no, like they they kind of like themselves like took themselves out. Like, no, we we don't want to be. There's just certain properties you just don't want to be the person in the news to be at the helm of the all the negativity. Like, you don't want to be that person. And so. I'll be really curious to see because Colin Trevorrow still he wrote and uh, directed. They're still filming. Jurassic World Dominion, mm-hmm. which will which will be the third uh, leg of his Jurassic World trilogy. I right. mean, he will have directed all three of them, right? And I mean, the the I, I don't have the numbers in front of me of the first two, but I mean, they did well. Oh, they did very um, well. Yeah, the <clears throat> first one did surprisingly, yeah, like crazy good, and the second one I think yeah. did well, but yeah, and I I think because I think they kind of follow suit. I'm I'm hoping. That the third entrance in this trilogy um, is different than the third from the original one because it kind of feels like the first two have followed very similar paths to the first two movies. Very and I don't similar. mind it because I love yeah. I love Jurassic Park and I love Jurassic World. Me too. But it's when I was like, okay, I would like to, you know, if if you're gonna give me something new, it would be nice if it was a little different. But Take it's a when chance. I was like, Take a chance. Yeah, it's like no, people say that, but they don't want that really. They don't. <laughs> Which is why like, I oh. like The Last Jedi. I'm like, oh, they took some chances here. Yeah. This, this is like the most, for better or for worse, it's the most unique Star Wars movies of, of all the nine in the in as far as the canon goes in the, in the Skywalker saga. Uh, it's just beautiful. I just think that the movie is beautiful. Um, but anyways, uh, Taika Waititi, like back, back to the, more, the uptick, like the good news. Yeah. So The Mandalorian was a pretty big uh, success for Disney. And, uh, you know, of course it was one of the few, uh, programs that was ready to go at the launch of Disney plus. So everyone that had subscribed to that had the Mandalorian to look forward to right away. And I'm not kidding. Like I, every, every episode that would, you know, I would tune in, I'm thinking this, this feels so star Wars. Like I'm enjoying myself so much. There was such a quality to the, you know, like it didn't feel like a TV show. And I know it's not like technically TV, but streaming, like I, I kind of, for whatever reason, whether I'm right or not, like I kind of group streaming and television together. That's it. Because it's one of those, you can only view it on that medium. You can't yeah. go see a streaming show on a, yeah, in a theater. Right. Right. But you know, like it, it, it felt like little miniature Star Wars movies. Yeah. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like, well, if they really want to turn this ship around, give it to John Favreau, who was responsible for, uh, you know, getting the Mandalorian going. Like, I, th- I think he produced all of the episodes, and I know he directed, I think, at least one episode. Yeah, I think and, he was the first few. Oh, and they were fantastic. And I'm like, give it, John Favreau has, has a track record, a proven track record of re- either resurrecting or starting up, like, you know, like... Yeah. Like he 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 did the first Iron Man movie. First yeah, first he kicked two. off the MCU. He kicked off the MCU. Uh he was I think he was the one that made the first like actual good live action from the animated movie like The Jungle Book was fantastic. Yep. 
then, you know, the Lion King was very successful financially. I didn't love it as much as I did the Jungle Book, but it was still fine. And I'm like, here you have he's he, you know, the Mandalorian is hugely successful. Uh, so I'm like, give it to John Favreau. Let let him take a crack at this thing, since nobody else seems to want it. Uh, but then, but with the Taika Waititi, who was also, you know, involved with the success of the Mandalorian, he voiced the robot, the bounty, the you know, from the first episode. Yes, uh, he voiced that robot in a couple of shows, and he, he, as I'd said earlier, he directed the final episode of the Mandalorian season one. So, uh, Taika. Taika who we know from lots of things, but primarily if you're a Star Wars fan, if you're a geek, you know him from like Thor Ragnarok. Like, he, yeah, he he's the one who made like the Thor series, like the Thor name. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like everybody well, the, loved Ragnarok. Like it was the, the first the first entrance for Thor was a really solid movie. That was one of the things I liked about all the uh, the initial the origin films for the the Avengers themselves. Yeah. Because like when you go back and you watch rewatch Thor, there's a real character um, arc there. there like is. you start at one point and you end at another point, and they're two different places, and it's a meaningful change. And it was really well mm-hmm. done. Kenneth uh, Kenneth Branagh did the first one, and he's a he's a, a gifted director and storyteller, so that was not a surprise. But then you have Thor: The Dark World, and that was really kind of forgettable in a lot yeah. of, I mean, it's not one the, I mean, it ranks I still l- haven't revisited low on most people. Like when they yeah. rank the MCU movies, it's usually one of the last re- like least favorite, still good. Yeah. All of the, the all the movies good. in the MCU are good, but it is it's like, okay, if you got to pick some that are down towards the bottom, Thor, the dark world is pretty easy to put yeah. down there right. at the bottom of the, right. the pile. But well, it uh, stumped us both in our, Oh yeah. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, uh, I haven't watched that since it really first came out, so yeah. I don't totally remember. It's been a few years now. But yeah, um, when you got Thor Ragnarok, which is funny to me when I come across people that um, that didn't like it, they're like, oh, it was too, too this, too that. I'm like, okay, by the, by the time you got to the Thor that you have in Ragnarok and all, all of the little things behind me, because you I've got yet this, to encounter a single person who didn't think Thor Ragnarok I've, was just I've come across a couple people, and it's wow. when I was like, it's just kind of like, you, it's almost like you just can't, they're the kind of people that can't ever just let themselves enjoy anything just okay. because. Okay. And so it's when I was like, I mean, it was, a, I mean, it was hilarious. There's going to be a contrarian. You're going to find over oh, yeah. in there. Sure. But, and, and then, you know, cause it was one of those, uh, cause Tyke, I mean, Tyke has been around for a little while. He's directed, yeah. I mean, a number of things. Most of it's New Zealand stuff. I mean, he's, he's not huge. He wasn't huge in the United States. And so, you know, um, but I, I like, I remember watching all these, you know, these little like, oh, on the set and just everybody interacting with, like, it It seemed like such a different relationship between the director. Not that there aren't fun directors or that people don't get along with directors, but it just seemed that there was just kind of really something different about the way that Taika, you know, was interacting with the rest of the cast. And it just, it really came across on, on the big screen. And, mm-hmm. and the other way people loved Korg, who he voiced in Thor yes. Ragnarok. I love his just, voice acting work is so in he is Hitler in you know Jojo Rabbit. Oh my gosh. Is is so good. I mean, how I don't know how he manages to make a, a figure like Hitler, you know, pleasant. <laughs> yeah. He, and that was the thing about it was um I don't know if you've had a chance to go back and rewatch the yeah, whole thing. I still need to. <laughs> there but like you get that really goofy Hitler up at, at the front. 
But there's there's a real shift in the in the dynamic of the Hitler character in Jojo Rabbit, and Taika doesn't skip a beat. Like yeah. he, he's believable all the way through. And I think that's the thing is like being able to write and direct and act in these things. And because I mean Jojo Rabbit, I was really happy that it was as big of a success as it was critically. Mm-hmm. But it was when I was like that 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 movie to me never seemed like it should have been anything other than an indie movie. It just, oh, it, yeah. it was it, yeah, a Sundance channel kind of version. Sure, for sure. So for that to, you know, for, for him to be known for a big budget, you know, MCU movie and to be critically recognized for a he's smaller a role. This, it's like he's a hot property. It'll be interesting to see if he's able to handle this. Like, will it sour? Will, will Star Wars kill Taika the way it's punched in the gut like so many other people? Well, like the guys who were supposed to do the, um, you know, the the solo movie, they rebounded quite nicely in yeah, this, Lord in Miller Spider Verse. Yeah, they they did they rebounded nicely. Yes. So it's not like you know the whole Star Wars thing just sucks you completely dry. Like you know you you can still have success, and I think that's important. That's an important lesson to take away. Like you can still like Trevor, you know, he can still go back home and do his third you know Jurassic World movie. You know the the Miller guys like they can still do Spider Verse and have success. Um, JJ is pretty infallible; like he can do anything he wants, and like people are gonna just love that. He's he's just like the modern day Steven Spielberg has yeah. been for some time now. Um, I I wish him all the luck. I, I think he I think he has I think he can bring he has like that vision that I just love. Yeah, uh, I put him in the same class similar to John Favreau, uh, and and since he is. He's he's a New Zealand guy, right? Like, it's yep. almost like Peter Jackson. Where like Peter Jackson had a career, oh yeah, before the Lord of the Rings. But you know, like then he had success, and then just like that's all people yeah. know him for: King Kong, Lord of the Rings. But like he was making like it, you know it was like Peter, not Peter Gunn, but um, who who was the guy that did the first two Lord uh Guardians movies? Uh, oh yeah, um, James Gunn. James Gunn, thank you. You know, James Gunn was known for making trauma movies for a while. Yeah. So like he was not a household name. No, he was not a household name. He is now, but yeah. Did you know he was married? Was he married to Jenna Fisher? Jenna Fisher. That's amazing. I like, I still find like little facts about him all the time. Just like amazing. So, you know, but yeah, Taika, that, that was the other bit of big news. Uh, We haven't really talked about what we think it could be. Is, is it just going to be a standalone movie? I guess that's kind of seems like. There's that was some of the speculation I was reading is because I know that they're they're supposedly kicking off their next um, trilogy in 2022, um, which I, I'm I one of the things that I'm curious even with I mean because there's I mean I I think in the realm of things going beyond a year out. I mean, you're talking, I mean, I know MCU has kind of like, they've got their roadmap mm-hmm. uh, that's a few years down the road. And um, James Cameron thinks he's going to make 45 different Avatar movies <laughs> yeah. and people are going to go and pay I'm there for him. all of them. <laughs> uh, you, you can t- have my ticket because I don't, I've still not made it through the first one. Um, but um, there's, loss, there's, pal. <laughs> that, and that's fine. I'll take that loss any day of the week. But, uh, but there's, I, I I'm, I'm, curious when we'll kind of accordion back out to even because like with star wars saying we're going to start our next trilogy in 2022 why do they have to do a trilogy like it just seems like i don't know don't worry about a trilogy like just you're, make you're a setting movie. yourself up for all this pressure and these expectations that's, 
I, I think that's because that's, and I, I know we talked about it uh, in our Star Wars podcast, so I won't beat on it too much, but I think one of the things about the Star Wars universe that just makes it kind of unique amongst all the other kind of properties that are out there is they, they, they have uh, like the, the fan base is so, it's so rigid on so many things. Like it's one of like, there's a lot of people that go and watch Star Wars movies. Like that was fun. Yeah. Because I think that was how we both were with Rise of Skywalker and The Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I think I'm movies. one of those people. Like, I'm not the diehard Star Wars fan. Like, I can't no. tell you the name of some of these characters, like no. lower level tier characters. Like, I just go to a Star Wars movie and expect to have a good time. And I'm, yeah, you know, e- even in the prequels, after I saw the movie, I'm like, that was okay. And like, I go, like, I I think on it later, and I'm like, that wasn't so great. But I still have fun in the moment. Yeah, Attack of the Clones is not a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I mean, like, if there were if there were not eight other movies attached to it in any way, shape, or form, if you just watched that movie, you would say this was really not a very good movie. There's an like article the going around the internet right now from Screen Rant. Have you seen this? No, not yet. Where they're they're ranking the twelve Star Wars movies, including Attack of the uh, no, the uh, Clone Wars movie, the animated movie, and Clone Wars is twelfth. Rise of Skywalker is eleventh. Attack of the Clones is tenth. See, I just, I can't, I can't get on board with that. Rise of Skywalker. It's hard. It's one of, I'm like, Rise of Skywalker. It's tough. For whatever faults you want to put on it, as I just, at the very least, the acting on everybody's part right. was good. Yes. Yes. Like I wouldn't, I mean, even as emo as, uh, um, as Kylo Ren is, it's when I was like, you know, when, it's a step when above f- everything else. It, it, when, when they first, the first time I ever saw Adam Driver in anything, was in the Force Awakens, and when he took his helmet off, he's like, "That's Kylo Ren." This yeah, guy, it's not what you expected. I mean, yeah, he looks like you know he should be coming over to help tutor me in pre-calculus. Like that's <laughs> and that's not like an intimidating kind of figure. So it's right, like he should probably right. just keep the mask on. But there were so many other things I saw Adam Driver in between that and Rise of Skywalker that I'm like, I love Adam Driver to death. He is hilarious. He is intense. He is dramatic he's and he, yeah so it's like by the by the time his we get snl to Rise of appearances are legendary oh, he's and and like just to be able to do that to be able to shift into like to be able to do comedy like that and then to be able to be dramatic yeah and to be dry in his comedy and to be goofy in his it's like the the guy is a solid actor and so i'm, it's like, I'm, I'm a sorry, big fan it's a, of, of, of of all of those actors i think he's the one that i've come away as the biggest fan like he has he, the he has the career that's going to stand the test of time, whereas where like really Daisy Ridley or uh, John Boyega, like they're going to be known for Star Wars forever. Yeah, but like yeah, I think Adam Driver is the guy who can have the, he the Harrison do, yeah, Ford like career for his whole exactly. thirty years. And I like I I, I wish because John Boyega has been in other things. Yeah, and, and mean, Oscar and Oscar. Um, Oscar Isaacs. Yeah, he he was in stuff. He was kind of famous before Star Wars, so he you know yeah. he was a known quantity or commodity before. So I don't I don't really include him necessarily. He and he'll still um he'll be in the same kind of supporting roles. I think he'll he'll yeah. still I mean he'll still be able to. There's still um, going to be do, plenty of of opportunities yeah. for an Adam uh, an Oscar Isaac. And I would like to see. Because I think Daisy Ridley did a really great job in playing Ray. I would I like to Ray. see more things loved for her. her she Ray, was fantastic. Yeah, I did. I really so loved I would her like character. To, I'm hoping. I'm what I really hope if they are starting this Taika um, 
this, if the Taika film is the first of a trilogy or if it's a standalone, whatever it is, I just, I really hope that what we do is we just get a clean break kind of mm-hmm. from everything. E- even just to say, you know, I mean, honestly, to even go so far as to just say, we're not even going to, I mean, like, we're not going to mention Tatooine. We're not going to mention the Death Star. Like, we're just going to, like, it's in space mm-hmm. and that's it. Like it's the same yeah. aesthetic. It's the same stuff going on. Maybe we kind of you know make it like we, a Top Gun movie where it's flight school, but for X wing yeah. pilots. <laughs> I mean, do but just do something that's like okay. I don't need a nod. Like oh, did you yeah. catch when they? This was like an homage to. No, I don't need that. Star Wars We've doesn't need a movie where they can speculate who's related to what. Nope. They're like an Obi, like a Kenobi or a Skywalker or a Palpatine, like there needs to be some distance now forever. <laughs> yeah. Cause <laughs> like, I like think- we've done it. And I, cause I think that's, I think that's part of the problem is, you know, when you, when you have these things that are set up, you know, they're not set up rigidly, but it's one of those, like you, you start to kind of paint yourself into the corner. I mean, even like, I, you know, I, I think one of the things that's the funniest to me is uh, that I like to joke around about is when you go from revenge of the Sith where at the end of the movie you have Luke Skywalker being born and you have Ewan McGregor playing Obi-Wan Kenobi and then mm-hmm. you get to the beginning of A New Hope where Luke Skywalker is what 15 years old mm-hmm. and and Obi-Wan have, is like 90 you have Alec Guinness playing Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi it's when I was like okay yeah. you can't change the fact that Alec Guinness played him in A, what a New Hope what did he do you, to himself but it's like, like oh that was a rough 15 years <laughs> My goodness. It's like he seemed to be taking relatively good care of himself. Seemed and then, be, yeah. Like he aged like a president. He hit the My bottle. Goodness. He, he hit the Bantam oh, milk hard. That, yeah, that was a rough, <laughs> that was a rough decade and a half out there in the sands of Tatooine for old Obi Wan. Well, those two sons really do a number on your complexion. Yeah. I guess. He was a moisturized brother. Come on, get yourself on some kind of program. Sunscreen. My goodness. It that is just unhealthy. Oh, Jesus. But I, I have nothing but hope and optimism for yeah. this, this, whatever this project is. I, I hope that, I hope it's not one of those things that you see a lot of times DC do with Warner Brothers where they just throw an announcement out there and hope that it's, and see how it sticks. And then yeah. it, you know, and I hope it's not another one of those where they, they hire a name and then they decide not to do it four months down the road. Like there's just like a new article. Like Taika Waititi is, it bows out. You know, he doesn't want to do Star Wars thing anymore. Kathleen Kennedy needs to step back. Yeah. She needs to well, step if, back and let and trust her talent. You know, like she she is a wise person. She's she's stuck around this business for a very long time. For she's a been, reason. Yeah, she's been around. She's made some really questionable choices in the last five to ten years. But you can't tell me that Kathleen Kennedy is not a very wise person and yeah. you know, like is not the like she she knows how to run things. Trust your talent. Let let hire the best talent you can let them come in and make their movie and then answer for it later if you need to but don't yeah don't put yourself in the spotlight and 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 cobble together a movie that m- nobody's gonna like yeah you know <laughs> let them if because if you if if you have if the writing behind 1917 you know that was an epic film um yeah and a lot of it, I mean, a lot of it's the cinematography. I mean, there's a lot of, I, I mean, don't I, necessarily I don't, think of the great writing when I think of, yeah, it. I mean, the it's writing, all the cinematography and the, and the visuals. I, I think, 
I think having Taika on board because he is a really skilled writer and you could, you've seen him take property. Cause I think, I think one of the things that would be fun is if he, I mean, to balance out the humor in, in the star Wars and still, you know, having seen what I've seen from him do humor and drama really well. I think if he could do that in that environment and, you know, get a decent cast, have a good story, and just, I mean, really at that point, all he's got to do is execute. And you could tell as involved as he's already been in the Star Wars universe, he's eager to make something good. He's a fan. He's invested in it. He wants to give something good back. And mm. he has the capability to do that. So I I, th- I think there's a lot of good that can come from him. I agree. And I'll, I'll end my thoughts on this whole thing by saying that you know, Taika has a good working relationship with Disney. He's proven himself yes. already in both the Star Wars realm and the MCU. Yeah, um, I think that them not announcing this to be a trilogy ahead of time or that it's a one-off film of a popular existing character bodes well for like Kathleen Kennedy to relax a little bit yeah. and, and take a risk and not worry so much that she's going to have to answer to the Star Wars, the diehard Star Wars fans for for you know one real like she sees the day and is like oh god this is this Han Solo movie is coming across coming across way too comical than I am comfortable with yeah uh, you know like for the reasons she'd let them go so I, I I feel like it's there this is there's everything is pointing to be it's a smart move on all parts yeah I agree so hopefully when they come closer to actually hammering out the details they don't they don't get cold feet and pull back but. But we, we just, as far as we know, it's it's a one shot. It's not involving any major character. We don't even know what in the timeline it's going to exist. Uh, it's all a mystery right now, and that's exciting and good. But give me a Shadows of the Empire. Why give me not? That. Give me Dash Rendar and the Shadows of oh, the Empire. Yeah, people have you know like because well the whole extended universe Disney came along when they when they purchased the Star Wars uh, property and they 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 took all that stuff and they moved it to, I forget what they call it, but it's like, it's no longer canon in Star Wars, but it was like some other like timeline. Yeah. Like classics or something. Um, hey, why not, why not reverse your decision? Like reverse the reverse. Say it's canon now because you can, because yeah. you own it and give us some of those, you know, extended universe stories that people have been wanting. Exactly. So it, you know, the only thing that the only thing that's gonna take a hit is your pride. Just, yeah. Who cares? You know. Yeah. It's, it's not for you. It's for all the all the money out there that can be made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, plenty uh, to be made. Any any other any other final thoughts for yourself? I think I think that's it. I I, I we uh, I think we hit some some good notes. We've really brought the uh, what's brewing out there in the the cinematic world to the people. Let them chew on it a little bit. Whether people like it or not, I, I have a feeling we're going to return to this format. In we probably will. Maybe in a month, two months. I don't know. Yeah. But there, there's just there's some interesting and fascinating things going on in in the realm of cinema that we just can't ignore and not talk about. And uh, you're not missing out on episodes like this. Just think of this as replacing our movies we're looking forward to XXX months, you know. This is just, this is bridging the gap for you. This is instead of you having to go out there and scour the internet for what's happening in the world of movie news, we're bringing it right to your front door. Just stay right here. Stay right here in the Cinemasters of the Universe feed. We got you. We got some, we got some current events for you. We got you. We got your current events right here.
We'll, Hong we'll Kong. wrap you up in a warm, cuddly blanket of movie news, <laughs> and we'll just we'll just hug you with all of the movie news we have. We're like that new Facebook emoji of the of the little smiley guy hugging the heart. Yes, that that's, thing. That that's I what guess this we needed. is all about. <laughs> Let's address it. Uh, but for this uh, episode, I've been one of your hosts, Ron Avis. And I've been your other host, Adam Peterson. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.